Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette with your host, Steve Garrett, MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest, president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, and radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett, and I appreciate you tuning in. You can listen to Corvette Today on all podcast platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Pandora, Stitcher, Audible, and many more. You can also listen on your smart device. Just say Alexa or Hey Google, play the podcast called Corvette Today, and you're connected. Also, visit the Corvette Today website. It's corvettetodaypodcast.com. You can also sign up for Corvette Today notifications, updates, and information at corvettetoday.ck.page. And don't forget, join the Corvette Today Facebook group. We have over 2,000 members, and I'd love to have you as a member as well. First, I'd like to thank our flagship sponsors of Corvette today, MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. If you'd like to join a new vibrant forum that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette, it's free to join this friendly community. You'll meet a lot of fellow Corvette enthusiasts like yourself at MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. Also, a new flagship sponsor of Corvette today is CTR America. CTR is the OE supplier for chassis components for Corvette, and it's been an aftermarket provider for 20 years. CTR America makes chassis parts for Corvette like the tie rod assembly, the RR tow link, and drop link. They worked with GM to focus on passenger safety and reducing part deterioration and improving Corvette performance. CTR America also provides aftermarket products like suspension and steering parts. They brought to the aftermarket the same know-how developed as an OEM supplier. When you need quality, superior aftermarket parts, visit the CTR America website at aftermarket.ctr.co.kr. Another new flagship sponsor of Corvette today is eTech. eTech is the expert and leader in custom flooring. Whether it's your garage floor, basement, patio, or front steps of your home, or a professional workplace, eTech is four times stronger than epoxy and comes with a 15-year warranty. There are hundreds of different patterns to choose from, and installation is completed in one day. You can walk on your floor in 24 hours. Call for a free estimate at 913-745-3732 or visit etechcustomcoatings.com. 913-745-3732 or etechcustomcoatings.com. I have my garage floor done with eTech and absolutely love it, and I know you'll love yours. You can see the pictures of it on my blog at CorvetteTodayPodcast.com. Also, a shout-out to CanadianCorvetteForum.com, welcoming Corvette owners from around the world. It's time to get the latest Corvette news and headlines with my buddy Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com. As you know, Keith is a regular guest here on Corvette Today. He's here every other week to keep you updated on what's going on in the world of Corvette. Keith, welcome back. Springtime is right around the corner. Time to get those cars out, buddy. Boy, glad to be here again, Steve. This is one of the highlights of my week is being able to talk to you and catch everybody up on the latest Corvette news. Boy, you think that with the plant being down, everything's kind of quiet, but nope, there's plenty of news to talk about. There is. As a matter of fact, the first week of March, Bowling Green was still shut down because of transmission supply issues. Yeah, you know, this is kind of a continuation. So back in February, 
there was two shutdowns. They were closed that first week of February. And then there was a surprise announcement, if you remember, that they ended up being closed that second week of February, again, for transmissions. And I had mentioned, I said, this doesn't sound like, in terms of like, they kind of knew that this was going to happen. It sounded like they caught it by surprise. And my hypothesis was something went on. Here's what we're hearing is that the transmission issue is related to casings or the case itself that contains the packaging or the transmission inside it. And I had heard two different things. So something happened with the casings or something happened to the dye that makes the casing. So again, it sounds like they've been struggling to get that caught back up again. And hopefully now with the third week of this downtime, not cumulative, but after being open for a week, then closing again for transmission. So let's hope that they finally got this under control and it'll end up rolling more smoothly. So just to give you an idea, when they did shut down, They've completed 5,892 2021 Corvettes. Okay. You know, if they go through the summer like we're anticipating, that'll put them around 22, 23, 24,000 cars for the model year, which again is a great number considering they started in December. Yes. But that's, again, it's all contingent on whether they can rock and roll here for the next few months. Well, that's big news, Keith. I hope they get that thing solved and back in line. Yeah, you know, because everybody's talking about the semiconductor issues. And we know that General Motors has prioritized Corvettes and like some of their other highline vehicles like Silverados and some of the SUVs while they're cutting production on some of their smaller vehicles and trucks. We've got the supply of semiconductors, it sounds like. It's just this other stuff that's holding us back. Again, they're expected to start up today on Monday. We'll be watching to see what kind of volume they put out. Also, the C8Z06 was seen testing in Arizona. This is another big deal. Yeah, this was an interesting capture. It looked like these cars were coming out of a gas station, and there's a roundabout there, and the cladded and covered Z06 prototype, and it had on the back of the car was the center-mounted exhaust, was waiting to get out in the traffic, and this guy yells out there, hey, is that the new Z06? The driver actually blips the exhaust just a little bit, and then we see him pull out. The really interesting thing is, so he pulls out, there's a couple stingrays behind him that are part of the validation testing, I guess. But we also saw a Jaguar F-Type for the first time with the group that looked like they had that car along as a benchmark. Huh. We missed this the first time. We were so intent. I'm staring at this car, you know. <laughs> In the background, you see one of the Porsche GT2s and then two or three more cladded and covered Z06 prototypes in the background there. So they had a fairly decent sized group of engineers testing out there. I'm actually surprised that we only got one sighting. Generally, we'll start seeing these things show up on like Arizona car spotters and Facebook and stuff. But this was the only sighting we got. So it's definitely worth a watch. That's great news, Keith. I'm glad that the guy blipped the engine because we've been waiting to hear that flat plane crank engine. We got a good listen to it this time. We always think that we'll get more details the more we see these cars. And so that's really what we're kind of waiting for, the people that are watching these Z06s. You know, when we saw the ZR1 especially, they were worried about the cooling of the car. You know, they redesigned the front end for better cooling. And so there was a lot of testing, especially down here in Florida. There was testing in Arizona and then then the high-altitude test that we saw. So we're really waiting to see a lot more sightings of the Z06 to really give us an idea. We're thinking 2022 still, that's now right around the corner and there's been no reveal or leaks about when a reveal might happen. So Chevy's really holding this close to their chest and we're just all here waiting for the next sighting. Pretty interesting stuff though to see the flat plane crank and to be able to hear it. Absolutely right. And speaking of all the new details, we got new details on the launch edition C8 that's coming out in Great Britain and Europe. 
Yeah, so this is, uh, again, this is part of the strategy for the Chevrolet and Corvette teams to really make this a world car. I mean, it's always done well across certain markets, but now they're obviously targeting those markets with a right-hand drive vehicle, and obviously the UK is one of those. So what they're going to do is, just to make it easy on order and get the cars out there, they're actually going to produce what they call their launch version. So there's eight color combinations on the coupe. And there's going to be eight color combinations on the convertible. They're all three LTs. They've got magnetic ride control. And really, the only option is going to be whether you want the front lift or not. Oh. So they're going to roll out those first. And then eventually, they'll move to the standard car is going to be a 2LT car that you can order with different colors and some various options. I think they're all going to be a little bit of the higher trim levels. Okay. But again, it's something that they're going to be launching here, I think, sometime a little bit later this year. I don't know if we're going to see any 21s make it out over there. I'm starting to think that they're all going to be 2022s now. Okay, that sounds good. Well, I'm anxious to see it go worldwide, and this is just the basic first step then, isn't it? It really is. We hear that they're launching Japan first. There's probably some sort of similar program. They took 300 orders or so, maybe a little bit over that, when they did the Japan reveal a year ago. So Japan first is expected the UK second, and then New Zealand and Australia will be third. Okay. There's some other markets that are out there for the right-hand drive that haven't really been talked about. And it's just whether or not they sell Chevys there with South Africa, India. There's obviously they have to have the dealership groups in place and the service in place to be able to offer the cars. But there's still a lot of growth available there. Yes. Some people are worried that these exports are going to take away from the domestic sales. And that's true that they are. But this is really about making this a world car for people to enjoy all over the place. I'm actually anxious to see the Corvettes for sale out there. And, you know, again, one of the unique things is when these cars go to these markets, they're localized. And so we've heard when Harlan and Taj were testing these cars, Harlan said that his car, when you'd speak to it, it speaks back had an Australian accent, which I always thought would be pretty cool. It's like, can I order my state version here with maybe an English accent? That would be kind of fun to have. That would be fun. You could call it Jeeves or something like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that's really cool. Also, I guess abroad, they're not going to get our price increase because it was announced that the C8 goes up $1,000. Well, that's right. But the thing with doing the exports is they're getting a ton of money more. So that's another reason why they're selling these upper level cars as exports is just because they can make more money per car doing that. But yeah, you're right. The news now stateside is that pricing increase has officially gone into effect. This is the first one for the C8 that covers the MSRP and not just the options. So everything's going up $1,000 as of last week. The good news is that there is some price protection. Chevy put out a statement that we got that says customers who have event code 1100 or higher, and these are sold orders, so sold customer orders that are 1100 or higher, will not be impacted by the price increase. That's good. But anybody else that comes in now and places that order and is new to it, they're going to see a $1,000 increase, which means that the Stingray Coupe will start now at the 60995 and the Stingray Convertible that opening price is 68495 It's still a fantastic price for the car that it is. It is. We've been talking a little bit about this. I know I've kind of written an article that got a lot of talk about if you're wanting to drive a car right now, you might want to look at the pre-owned versions and pay a little bit more. These cars are still selling for more than MSRP. Well, here's Chevy now raising the price, and I would not be surprised, and in fact, I'm expecting 
that there will be another price increase at the start of the 2022 model year. Okay. It's just a really popular car. They now know what options are really selling and what those options are costing them behind the scenes. So we've seen like the front lift went up for 2021. There might be some other adjustments like that as well. Okay. And finally, Keith, we have a new book about the mid-engine Corvette. Yeah, you know, this was released last year, or actually the announcement came last year that not only were they doing a documentary called Corvette Stingray, the mid-engine revolution, but there would be an official book to go along with that. And although there were some delays during the pandemic with getting that book out, it was officially launched on March 2nd. And it's a really good book. We had a chance to get a review copy. It's 200 pages. Uh, got some great photographs. The, the photos, most of them come from the GM archives. And so, you know, there's just gorgeous back in the day, Zora and a lot of the historic mid-engine prototypes that he worked on. It's really kind of two books in one. The first part of that book is all setting up the different versions of the concepts that came out, the challenges, why they weren't done. And then all of a sudden, then you get into here's the C8 and this is how they were able to do it. And uh, then you get into some of the tech stuff. And I'll tell you what, there is a section in there on the very first prototype that was built. It's called Blackjack. And that was the version that was built on the Holden Ute, kind of like the El Camino car where they grafted on a front of a Corvette. And then in the truck bed is where they put in the engine. It was a LT1 with an automatic transmission. And that's what they used to kind of validate and say, yes, we've got something here. We can move forward and start building out actual mid-engine Corvette bodies like we've seen. But that first one all started on a Holden Ute. The pictures of that are great. They still have that concept today, and hopefully we'll be able to get it down to the museum at some point so plenty of people can see it. I'd love to see that car, and I'm anxious to see the book as well, Keith. The book is fantastic. There are some things that we wish there was more of. I would like to have seen a little bit more of the challenges behind the scenes. What did they face? Yeah. Remember, we heard some issues with maybe the electrical system, and they were going to go to the Global B architecture. So it's been interesting to hear more of the challenges for the most part, it's a lot of design. There's a lot of focus on both the interior and the exterior design, but it's all good. And for somebody that has the C8 Corvette, this would be a perfect book for your man cave or your coffee table because that's your car. So it's a good read. And again, the pictures are fantastic. Buddy, let's take a quick break. And in section number two, we're going to talk about racing and rumors on Corvette today. American Hydrocarbon, your one-stop shop for custom interior, exterior, and engine bay items for your C4 through C4. C8 Corvette. We can help you create a custom look for your Corvette with carbon fiber or 10 different color patterns and styles. We've served customers in over 28 countries all around the world. Whether it's a custom-made engine cover for your new C8 mid-engine Corvette or custom-made C4 interior upgrades, American Hydrocarbon can help you transform your Corvette into a best-in-class show car. Our products have been featured in VET and Corvette magazines, so give us a call. 813-476-5638. That's 813-476-5638. Visit our website at AmericanHydrocarbon.com or email us at pat at AmericanHydrocarbon.com. Let us help you make your Corvette the car you've always wanted it to be. American Hydrocarbon. KC Trends Motorsports has been the Midwest's largest custom wheel superstore for over 25 years. They specialize in C8 wheel fitments from the top brands in the industry, like HRE, Vossen, ADV1, Avant-Garde, and more. They ship daily from their Kansas City location to all upper 48 states with the best pricing and inventory in the country. Need tires? 
Casey Trends Motorsports has you covered. They have tires in stock from Michelin and Pirelli. Plus, they can help you with a customized wheel and tire combo for your Corvette to truly make it one of a kind. And if you need wheel ideas, no problem. Simply go online to caseytrends.com for their car and wheel visualizer. See the wheels on your Corvette before you purchase. Also, there's dozens of wheels and tire combo pictures to look through online to spur your imagination. And their expert staff is there to help you with wheel and tire sizing and offsets for your C6, C7, and C8 Corvette. Visit them online at caseytrends.com. See them on Facebook and Instagram. Make any Corvette a one-of-a-kind with KC Trends Motorsports. Call them toll-free, 877-962-5200. KC Trends Motorsports. You're listening to the Corvette Today Podcast with Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. Thanks for tuning in. My guest today, as he is every other week, is Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com. We keep you up to date on all the information that's new in the world of Corvette. In this second segment, we do racing and rumors. And Keith, first off, Corvette Racing has confirmed their WEC entry at Portimao. Yeah, this is big news. The last couple of years, the WEC has essentially forced Corvette Racing to participate in a couple of their races to qualify for the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And of course, that race has always been our centerpiece. So we actually went over to China a few years back and raced over there to help us get what we needed to get into the 24 Hours of Le Mans. So this year, it looks like the break in the calendar, the IMSA calendar, we're going to send one car over. It's going to be the number 63 C8R. Okay. And it's going to be piloted by Oliver Gavin and Antonio Garcia. Wow. They're using a couple uh, gents from the continent over there to do the racing duties there that saves any kind of quarantine time, I think, for people coming in, like if we were to send like Tommy Milner over, right. for example, or Jordan over. It looks like a really good tune-up race for us. You know, the WEC GTLM class, they call it the LMGTE Pro, they are down in cars just like we are in IMS over here. So I believe there are only five entries, two Porsches, two Ferraris, and the Corvette that will be in class. So I'd say our chances are pretty good. I think your company sounds really good, too. Yeah. Porsche and Ferrari, I'll take that race any day. It's an eight-hour race. It's in Portugal. The circuit is called, and forgive me, I'm going to mess up the name here, but Algarve, A-L-G-A-R-V-E, Algarve. It's a 2.8 miles. The track itself, just looking at it, it's a fairly modern facility. So it sort of reminds me of Coda just a little bit with all the painted side tracks and all that kind of stuff. But this should be a good tune-up. And then we are tentatively scheduled then a month later to race at Spa in Belgium. Oh. That should be an interesting race as well. I know that Oliver, I believe, has participated in that before. I would actually see Corvette Racing using him and Antonio again for that race there. So a couple tune-up races before Le Mans, and then we should be good to go. And what that also does, too, is that gives the race organizers data from our cars so that when they do the balance of performance, we have real racing data, not just from a practice sessions like this happened previously. So this all kind of helps out. And hopefully with these two races, they're able to compete at Le Mans for the win. That sounds good. And also, I know that they moved Le Mans and that kind of forced everything with IMSA to get rescheduled as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Le Mans is called the Summer Classic. I'm not really up on my what's going on in Europe 
because of COVID stuff. But I understand that the rollout of the vaccine has been a little bit slower over there than it is here. And they did not want to run this race again without fans. So they bumped it back to August 21st and August 22nd. Okay. Right away, that caused a major reshuffle of all the different schedules that might be in place. So what we saw was that the IMSA dates for VIR and then Petit Le Mans were extended out. So it looks like logistic-wise, we should be okay. Missing Le Mans last year with the debut of the C8R just killed the team. So I'm sure they're anxious and ready and wanting to show off all those fans who've been so great. The, the European fans have been so great in following Corvette racing that they'll be there and be able to see the car in person for the first time. That sounds good. And also, we reported a couple of weeks ago that the C7R was up for sale and it did finally sell. Isn't that right? Yeah, it was on Bring a Trailer. It was projected for $500,000, and the end bid ended up being $850,000. Wow. Just a unique car. This car won at Daytona. It raced at Le Mans. It comes with spare parts. The person that bought the car will actually be able to work with any Pratt & Miller people if something comes up with it. So it's really a unique piece, and uh, hopefully it won't be in some museum some year, but it'll be a part of that historic racing circuit events where we'll see this car out and about. So that'd be a lot of fun to see the C7R doing some laps somewhere. That would be a lot of fun. Also in the rumor segment of this section, Keith, Motor Trend is reporting that an interior design is coming up in 2023 for the C8, and we're going to lose the great big wall of buttons. This kind of caught us by surprise. This was in Motor Trend. In their magazine itself, they have a section called MT Confidential. They said that initially that there was some sort of redesign that might have been slated for 2025 or a little bit after that. They're saying, no, that their sources are kicking this up in a high gear. and We might see a change somewhere in 2023. This is one of those things that's, again, it's a rumor. I'm not so sure that this is something that's going to happen really quickly. The idea that we'll start really starting to change interiors and things like that, they don't usually do that. We never saw that on C7. We didn't really see that on C6 other than better seats in 2012. To be able to take that wall of buttons and then somehow move those buttons to the console pose challenges. They might have to reduce the amount of buttons. My biggest complaint on the C8 is there's no handhold for that passenger side like there was on the C7. Right. Uh, it'd be nice to see something like that. But again, these are just rumors. We'll have to see what happens. You know, this would make sense like when we were talking about 2025. That's where it makes more sense because then the Stingray's been out five years, depending on how long they decide to take C8, and we've heard they're going to take it out a few more years, they might decide to do like a mid-cycle refresh where they change a little bit of the exterior, a little bit of the interior, right. and then sell it as a new Stingray. It could happen. Again, it's just a rumor for right now, but people are having some fun. You know, there was a guy that put together a graphic that showed what would happen if you flatten the Great Wall of Button. It does kind of clean up the interior, but I know a lot of the owners that have the car now, they say they can reach over there and basically touch the button just by feel because of the way they're laid out. So we'll just have to see if this one comes true or not. It'll be interesting to see what comes up because with the new models coming out and maybe a redesign, it could all tie in together into one big update. So that'd be pretty cool. Exactly. Yes, sir. Also, we have the internal names from GM on the new colors for 2022. You know, we were talking about generally there's a leak or two of information that comes out before the official information, before the official model year rollout. And we caught wind of this on a dealer site in Czechoslovakia. Wow. This lays out exactly, once we had this information, we were able to confirm it with the same launch information that was coming out of the UK. 
essentially they're showing that the check site was showing the cars. We said there's eight coupes, eight convertibles. There looks like they're getting the same launch editions. But instead of shadow gray, they showed shadow gray. They said, nope, this is going to be called hypersonic gray. Oh, Zeus bronze is going away. And that replacement is going to be a color called caffeine brown. And then finally, C-Ring Orange is going away, and that replacement color is called Amplify Orange. Now, these color names, GM uses two different names for its colors. There's the internal names that are the same across the board, but like our Zeus Bronze is the marketing name, and then that same color is on Cadillac. I believe it's called like Zeus Sands over there. So they changed the color names individually for the cars, and that's what they're marketed as. Like I said, the hypersonic gray. Yet it might end up being a different name once the actual color is released. Very interesting. Yeah, those three new colors. I think the one that's most surprising is the caffeine brown as a replacement for Zeus bronze. I know some people were really hoping that Chevy would once again go bold with a color. People keep shouting at us. They want to see like a black rose metallic or some of the pastel colors from back in the day that might wear really well on an exotic looking car. Yeah. But yet we haven't seen these colors yet, so we could still be very surprised. Well, I'm anxious to see it. I always enjoy seeing what they name these colors. So I like seeing the internal name and then the name that is the actual marketing name. So I'm going to sit and wait and see what happens. Recently, uh, especially during C7, they focused again the heritage of naming Corvette colors after racetracks. They did that back in the 60s. Right. Riverside Red, Laguna Blue. There's obviously the opportunity to bring up colors named after racetracks or significant events in Corvette's history. That's true. Also, Don Sherman has offered up details about the 2023 E-Ray Hybrid C8 Corvette and some other models. So, the question is, number one, who is Don Sherman? And number two, how does he know so much? Don Sherman has been around Detroit forever as a writer. He was the technical writer for Car and Driver for years and years and years. Now he does writing for Haggerty, as well as this publication, SAE International, which is a technical magazine that discusses all aspects of engineering. For the E-Ray, he points out a lot of the details, like we've kind of talked about before. You know, the center tunnel is a perfect place uh, to put batteries in the car. Right. Right now, it just has a few cooling lines, and there's actually quite a bit of space in there. We have a picture of what that center tunnel looks like. It's actually quite large, surprisingly large. But here's where Don gets specific on the E-Ray. There's been some talk. We're thinking that there's going to be some sort of electric motor in the front area. He says, actually, there's going to be two motors, one for each wheel, and they'll be independently controlled. Each one will offer 50, 75 horsepower. So that would then combine with the LT2 V8 in the back to offer somewhere around 600 horsepower or so. What is mostly important is you get this E all-wheel drive. You get that front-wheel drive assist. Right. And he's even saying you're going to get front-wheel vectoring, which means like if you're on a track, one wheel might turn faster than the other or more power is applied to a wheel to get you through corners faster. So really exciting stuff. Don, again, has been around forever. He's got some great contacts. We saw him at the media event in February. To watch him work, Harlan or some of the other guys, and try to get questions was always, for somebody like me that is fairly new to the business, we really enjoyed watching that. I call him the EF Hutton of the Corvette world, because when he <laughs> talks, you do want to listen to what he has to say. In his article, he does talk about other future plans. There's obviously the Z06 
than the ZR1. And then he says there's even going to be a Zora model on top of that, which is over a thousand horsepower, twin turbo with also the E all-wheel drive electrical hybrid system on it as well. He sees all those coming fairly quickly, 23, 24, 25. Wow. And then also in 25, he brings up a great topic of a Corvette-inspired SUV. Really? Again, a battery electric vehicle that would have Corvette badging and Corvette design cues on it. We know that Chevy's making a huge push into electric vehicles, and we know that a lot of those are going to come online around 2025 or so. So that's going to be something to bear watch there. I know a lot of listeners will probably say, do we really need a Corvette SUV? That's what people are driving. People want something fun and fast and exciting. And if they need a daily driver that's not a Corvette, why not something that wears the Corvette badge and is inspired by one? So I'm all for it. I think it extends the brand. Look what Porsche's done with their lineup these days. I think they're selling more SUVs now than they are selling 911s. So it's something that bears watching, definitely. Well, the sky's the limit, Keith, and it's a good time to be a Corvette enthusiast. That's for sure. It is. The next few years are going to be very exciting. And finally, the final week of production for the 2021 Corvette is possibly mid-July. That seems really, really early. So it seems early, but normally during a regular production cycle, the Corvette's always done a changeover sometime in, we always like to say the 4th of July weekend. They generally will take a couple weeks off for a summer break anyway. They would time the changeover around then and then come back and start building the next model year. So they haven't done a regular production cycle since the 2017s, just because of all the stuff that's been going on at the plant. They did a plant refurbishment. There was the paint shop. So they're really, I don't want to say desperately trying to get back to a regular production cycle, but this is what they're going. And in fact, when Harlan was doing the question and answers on your last episode, he definitely said, you know, it might be more of a late summer than an early summer, but they're definitely planning on this summer. We're just going to have to see if hopefully there's no more delays. They're able to be able to build the orders that they got. Harlan said they were more conservative this year in 2021 than they were in 2020, which caused them to extend it all the way out to December. I always was thinking August anyways, and maybe a little bit into August. Okay. If they run into mid-July, that's still like 23,000 cars built for the model year. So that's a great number based on all the other stuff that they've had to deal with. Well, that sounds good. I'll just keep watching and see what happens. And hopefully what we are hearing does come true. Buddy, let's take our final break. And in the third segment, we'll talk about the lighter side on Corvette Today. VetFinders.com is the Internet's original Corvette classified ads website with classified ads starting at just $25. And every ad runs until your Corvette is sold. If you're in the market for a Corvette, VetFinders.com has over 500 Corvettes for sale from all around the USA and Canada and covering all eight generations. Visit VetFinders.com, the Internet's destination for buying and selling Corvettes. That's V-E-T-T-E Finders.com. Hey, honey, are you awake? Mm, I am now. I can't sleep. Since turning 50, I keep dreaming of a red door and a blue door, somehow knowing there are only choices for retirement. Okay. Through the red door, we outlive our money. We have to rely on our kids. We're stuck on a fixed income. It's terrifying. Yeah, that would suck. But through the blue door, our money outlives us. We retire on our terms. Our kids stay our kids, not our caretakers. We make work optional. Yes, that's much better. That's why 
what I want too. But what do we do? We call True Wealth and Company at 913-653-8783. They specialize in helping successful people make work optional. They're our fiduciary Blue Door personal wealth managers. Hey, where are you going? It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to check out True Wealth and Company online at retirewithtrue.com. That Blue Door is going to be our retirement. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. And now, back to Corvette Today with your host and my husband, Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me every other week is Keith Cornett from CorvetteBlogger.com. We keep you up to date on what's going on in the world of Corvette. In this third and final segment, we're going to talk about the lighter side of Corvette and some of the aftermarket stuff that's going on. Keith Pandem has given us a new C8 widebody kit that looks really, really good. You know, this is a kit that was designed by a Japanese designer. It's called Pandem and then slash Rocket Bunny. <laughs> the name of the people that done this kit and i guess they've done other kits for other cars within the tuning industry this kind of fabrication i guess they're fairly well known this kit actually came together really quick and we've now seen a number of cars with the kit installed it really does widen it out these kits are basically bolted on and i don't want to say it's like a liberty walk where you see the rivets all the way around but you do see some bolts and some rivets but i actually think it looks pretty good the pricing on it for the kit is only like $5,800. And then if you decide to do like this big rear wing that is a wraparound wing, it's almost like the old Supras that would wrap around from one corner to the other. The kit costs $7,000. This version that we saw was put together by Fit Designs. And the really cool thing, Steve, is that this car is going to be auctioned at Barrett-Jackson later in March. I think it'll be the very first the modified C8 that we've seen at auction. These cars have always done pretty good anyways at auction, selling for anywhere from 115 to 130 or so. Right. But now we've got a modified car with wide body and everything, so it should be interesting to see how much it goes for. I'll be watching Barrett-Jackson to see that one, that's for sure. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Also, Hennessy has put together a C7 Z06 that's 850 horsepower. Wow. You know, and they always like to do their testing on it. They've got three different packages usually. Their 850, I believe, is their midline package for the Z06. Think about all the Z06s that are out there from C7s that are now showing up in hands of the second or third buyers. People want to do more with them. They want to make them more powerful, more exciting to drive. Hennessy certainly has found a market for that. The C7 was a beautiful car. It's going to have a timeless design since when the C8 came out. Totally different car with the mid-engine. So it's almost like it's a frozen in time design for us. I think people are going to be enjoying it for quite a long time. And there's so much potential that you can unlock by going aftermarket with people like Hennessy. Again, great video. You get to hear that great sound from the LT4. So go give it a listen. That's awesome. Also, Keith, at the beginning of this year, in podcast number 40, we talked to Guy Larson, the owner of Bloomington Gold. And it's good to see that Bloomington Gold registration is now open as we get back to some sense of normalcy in this COVID pandemic. We're going to actually have a live Corvette event. Yeah, famously called the granddaddy of Corvette shows. This show's been around forever since the mid to late 70s, I believe. Yes. Last year, they were forced to move to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. 
And actually, that venue's turned out to be very well received. The last few years, when the show was hosted at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, they've had bad weather, they had rain, it's hot. People are bringing out these show cars, these very original cars, and they're getting rained on. That's no fun for anybody. This new venue that they had starting last year, and they're going to extend it this year, there's a concourse level that all these cars are spread out on. There's judging inside. They also do resto mods now, and then Camaros are invited as well. So there's all kinds of stuff to see, but generally, you know, you're going for the judging, the certification. We like to see also those people that are bringing cars for sale and trying to sell their cars because, again, this tends to attract the audience that's interested in some of the older cars that are more original. It's a fun show, great show for Guy Larson, and hopefully this year he'll be able to pull it off all without a hitch. I went to the very first Bloomington Gold at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and as much as I enjoyed that, I think that Lucas Oil Stadium is probably a better venue for this event. Yeah, I think it'll do well again. And again, we just got to get people there. You know, last year they were really down on attendance because of COVID, but they did their best. They had sanitizer. They had social distancing. The nice thing, again, is being inside, everything was all spread out. This year, with people getting their vaccinations and with the decline of COVID, hopefully it'll be a successful show. Keith, a couple podcasts ago, we talked about Muscle Car City closing its doors and the owner, Rick, selling off most of his inventory, but he did keep a few cars, didn't he? Well, if you call 20 big block C2s a few cars, then yeah, (laughs) he did keep a couple. He had over 200 cars in his collection at the time of the auction, and he sold off a good portion of them. I think he raised about $18 million. But now we get to see what he kept, and he's got this, again, this huge storage area that's just filled with lifts. Lifts go all the way around it, all the edges. And in some of those, there's 20 C2 big block cars. And he's trying to collect a big block in every color that was offered. He's still not quite there yet. He's working on that. But he also has some older Corvettes. He's got some newer Corvettes. He's got the 2019 ZR1 that he talks about driving. The other thing that we saw, too, is he added the last L88, the last 1969 L88 to his collection. Wow. So even though the Muscle Car City Museum is no longer something that we can go to, he still has this collection. And I think he is still talking about maybe doing some different things and some maybe an event or two with it so hopefully we'll get to see him but hopefully he's able to get out and drive some of these different cars because you know when you have that many cars it's got to be which one are you going to take which one are you going to drive this week right and the other thing too i took from this video steve is that he knows every car he looks at that car and says exactly what the mechanics are in it he'll tell you you know oh i really like this one this reminds me of that so he's truly a car guy that he's not just buying cars to buy cars he's buying cars because he loves them he knows all of them by heart what they are So hopefully he'll be able to get out and drive a few of them. That'd be great. I like to sit shotgun with a few of those rides. That's for sure. (laughs) That would be fun. Yep. Finally, Keith, we have a new rendering of the C8 that adds a split window. I looked at that. I didn't like it, but you know what? That's just my taste. What did you think of it? I was blown away by it, Steve. We featured hundreds of renderings over the last couple of years. All these digital artists coming out with their own take. Some of them do these extreme wide bodies. Some of them try to mix more. We saw Chip Foose doing a rendering, a drawing of how he thought the C8 should have been designed with more Corvettiness from you know previous generations. Yep. This rendering, I think, nails it, especially as a mid-year owner. You've got all the elements of the C2 Fastback Coupe. The 63 had the wraparound glass with the spine that runs down the middle. And then you have these vents on the D-pillars. And all that, I think, is incorporated very nice. Now, again, this was done by a designer who didn't have to worry about cooling the engine bay and where's that air going to go and some of the other 
considerations. Where's the trunk open and that kind of thing. Right. But in terms of just overall aesthetics, I think he nailed it. The comments on the site have been very positive for it as well. So it really shows you if they really kind of wanted to bring more previous Corvettes into the modern design. They could have, but others, like, they're happy the way it is now. So I like it. I think it's a good-looking design. And, boy, it'd be fun to see some other model down the road come out with something like that that really pays homage to the previous Corvettes. Absolutely right. And also, if you want to see any of the pictures, videos, or stories we're talking about, you can always go to CorvetteBlogger.com and make sure you catch up on everything. Keith, thanks for being with us this week. We'll see you in a couple weeks, and we'll do some more news and headlines. My pleasure, Steve. What a busy week this was. We're going to be gathering stories and getting ready for the next one in two weeks. In the meantime, we'll see you on the website and keep waving. Thanks for listening to Corvette Today, and thanks to our sponsors, CTR America, who makes chassis components for the C6, C7, and C8 Corvette. Visit their aftermarket items online at aftermarket.ctr.co.kr. Also, American Hydrocarbon at AmericanHydrocarbon.com and KC Trends Motorsports at KCTrends.com. And don't forget E-Tech Custom Coatings at E-T-E-K-CustomCoatings.com or call 913-745-3732. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at Steve Garrett DJ. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.